today because this is Mother's Day. And being Mother's Day, we're going to have a special service. I have a, a couple of guest speakers that are going to really help me out here a lot today. But I know, first of all, I do know that holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, Christmas, all the different holidays we spend, I know that they can be painful for some. So I want to be sensitive to that today. I know maybe your mother's not here today. Maybe she's in heaven. Maybe, she, maybe she's in a different city. I don't know. So I want you to know that as we celebrate mothers, we do so in a sensitive way. We're, we don't want to hurt anyone. We don't want to make anybody feel obligated. We don't want to feel under, under, anyone under pressure. Uh, we just want to honor mothers for the way that mothers deserve to be honored today. Um, I have a couple speakers, but before I have one little video that I'd like to run that would kind of set the tone for what these speakers are going to talk about. Hey, buddy. What you got there? Is that a Mother's Day card? Yep. Mind if I hop over? Yep. Mother's Day. Crazy, isn't it? Yep. Gotta get her flowers. Yep. Gotta get her candy. Mothers love candy. And you gotta call her. Heaven forbid you don't call your mother, you know? I mean, what does the Bible say? No fury like a mother scorned? Yeah. Anywho, I just don't get what the big deal is. I mean, why a whole day? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like the Christopher Columbus or Al Roker. Can you name me one mother that discovered America or invented weather? Huh? You can't, can you? Because there is no mother that did that, okay? That's all I'm saying. What is the big deal? Why don't I have a day, okay? I just don't get what the big dealio is, that's all. What's the dealio? Yeah. Because she took care of you. She blew your nose. She wiped your bottom. She kissed your boo-boos. And every time you looked at her, it said, Hey, Mom, watch this. Watch what I can do. Look at me. She looked every time. No matter what goofy thing you were doing, and you know you did some goofy things. Why does she get a day? Because she gave birth to you. And through all the pain and the tears, she still loved you. She loved you. And you're unlovable. That's why she gets a day. You're right. You are so right. You're right. I need to call my mom. Can you give me a minute? Get out. Get out. This time, I'd like to ask, I'd like to bring up um, Cam. <laughs> Cam, it's not that you're unlovable, but I know you've done some goofy things. Yeah. Right? So I just want to, Cam's going to share a little bit about what his mom means to Cam. Kind of, kind of from, uh, uh, he represents all the youth and uh, talks about really what moms are to, uh, to people that are of his age. All right, well, my mom is Jeannie Wei. Uh, she 
Hey, my brother, right there, Drew. Um, uh, just say my mom's really special because, like you said, I have done a lot of goofy things. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, she's kind of she's been there to support me. She, if it's from paintball to skateboarding, whatever it is, you know, she'd buy my first gun, buy my first skateboard, you know, snowboard, help me do what I did, videotape me being goofy. Um, I, I just think that's really awesome. Uh, you know, she she's a lot like me, too. Um, if it's from <laughs> playing video games to whatever, whatever I do, um, you know, she's really special. And uh, I can't, I can't even thank her because I can't, actually can't thank her. But uh, she means the, she means the world to me. Um, I can't even explain. Uh, we actually moved up here in uh, like '98, and uh, you know, my my parents actually got a divorce and uh, came up here, and you know, my mom and Denny got married, and I'd say that without them doing that, I I don't know what I would be without that happening. I just. I know you said five minutes, but you take all. If you want to go more, Cam, just keep on no, going. No, I, I don't go know if I can reach five minutes. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I love her, and I really, that's not awesome. really much of a speaker, but it's perfect. Thank you. You know, I know that he had more to say. I'm sure he had it all planned out. And, and, and quite honestly, you know, mothers, um, when you're growing up with them and living with them, they don't always make you happy. You know, they, sometimes they can kind of get on your nerves just a little bit because that's kind of what mothers do sometimes. But as we grow up and get a little bit older, we move away, we, uh, it's amazing how, how much smarter, how much more intelligent our parents become the older we get as children. And so I'd like to bring Madison up. Madison's been away now for a year. She's been in college. So Madison has had a year away from her mom. And we want to see how she's reacting to Mother's Day now. Okay, well, um, my grandma told me that I should talk really slow, to come up here and talk really slow. And I guess Mike asked me at the perfect time to come and do this because I just got done taking a speech class, so I should be pretty good at this by now. <laughs> but um, I guess I just want to start by saying that I have learned to appreciate my mom a lot more now that I was away for a year rather than being at home. I mean, I know that we got in probably a couple fights at home. I mean, I fought a lot more with my dad than did with my mom. So <laughs> my mom was always kind of the mediator between me and my um, dad, so I always kind of had a close relationship with my mom. But um, going away, I really missed doing a lot of things with her. Like I missed cooking with her and baking with her. And we'd always go shopping, and she always found the best deals and everything. So I always missed that. And then um, it, just, it just wasn't the same. I mean, I, I talked to her a lot on the phone. I would talk to her weekly. And she always tried her best to text me. But, I mean, it just wasn't the same as having being able to sit down and talk with my mom and have that contact with her face-to-face. -face. And I know that I just I really missed that part of it because... 
me and my mom, we would always have a lot of talks, and my mom knows me better than anybody knows me, and she always used to say, like, I gave birth to you, Madison. I know when you're upset. I know when you're happy. I know when something's wrong, and I mean, I can't even name all the times that I would I would cry in front of my mom, and I would be sad, but I would be happy, and I mean, I know my other sisters did that, too, and I really give my mom a lot of credit because she raised four girls, and I mean, it's not easy to raise us, especially Anna, you know, I mean, you have her, <laughs> I mean, you have her slipping in her puke, you have her dropping butter this morning all over the refrigerator, and my mom's always there to clean it up, and she's always there to take care of us, and <laughs> that was another thing I really missed, too, was being at school, she just, she wasn't there to take care of me, I mean, I wasn't there, I couldn't call her from upstairs and, hey, hey, mom, can you bring me some food, or can you bring me some medicine, she wasn't there for that, and I mean, I guess I never really realized that all of the advice that my mom gave me and all the talks that we had would really translate into the decisions that I made when I was at college. I mean, I had to make really critical decisions. I had to make decisions whether or not I should go out with my friends or if I should stay in and watch a movie and all the values that my mom taught me. And that's where, that's where the values were. It was coming from my mother. And I just, I really appreciate everything that she, that she talked to me about and everything that we went through because I know that it's not easy and I know that it's not easy to be a parent and start crying. And um, I don't know, I just, I know that I missed her a lot and I really miss just talking to her and everything that, and I just realized that it's not, it's really not easy to raise somebody, and I know that we got in a lot of fights about stuff that I thought that I should be allowed to do, but she didn't think I was allowed to do, and I mean, both my parents, they both made really good decisions for me as I was growing up, and I just really appreciate that they were smart enough to make, and that they loved me enough to make the choices that they did, and I know that I gave them a hard time, and I know it probably wasn't easy, and I just, I hope everybody realizes that, like, it, it's, not, it's not easy to make those decisions because you're upsetting your kid, but you know that it's the right decision for them as they get older. And I know that now I'm able to make those right decisions because my mom instilled in me to make the right decisions. And so I guess I just really appreciate the fact that she taught me well and that, and I really love her. And so, I mean, still not sure if my dad gives me the best advice yet, but <laughs> my mom always does. And I, I know that I really appreciated the fact that um, whenever we had to decide on something, my mom always gave it a lot of thought. She didn't say no right away. And I really appreciated that, too, because she wasn't just going to say no just because she, she could, just because she was my mom. She could say no. I know that she really put some thought into whether or not I could do something. And I, I just really appreciate her and the things that she does for me. And so I guess I just want to say thank you and thanks for all the care packages while I was away and the phone calls. And I just, even though I was away, I know that my mom was still there to love me. And, and so I just really appreciate her. Amen. Thanks, Madison. You know, that was really perfect, um, setting up for what the Lord has placed in my heart to talk about mothers today. And uh, thank you so much, Cam and Madison, for being bold and being, um, um, being honest that you would do that and you would take that. And, and I know, Cam, you scored a lot of points today, man. You're, you're set for a long time. I, you, and so are you, Madison. You guys can get whatever you want, I'm sure. But, but you know, Madison and, and Cam, they both talked so much of exactly what I want to talk about today. 
And uh, mothers really are a special gift to all of us. Mothers do a number of things. Mothers bring us life. Mothers nurture. Mothers educate. Mothers protect. And mothers love forever. Mothers never stop loving their children. And when I look at mothers, I see a form of Jesus and in what he does for us that is very, very similar to what a mother does. And I want to talk about those things today. I want to talk about the way mothers bring us life. Jesus brings us life. Mothers are a life giver. Jesus is a life giver. Mothers are unique in this world in that they are the life givers. Now, dads, we have a small part of that. Yes, we do. Uh, but we're a one-time deal. Mothers live with, the, with that one-time transaction for nine months. And it's important that we recognize that, dads, because we had one opportunity to have... Well, let's not go there. Let's just talk about what mothers did. This is Mother's Day, not Father's Day. We'll talk about Father's Day in a, couple, in a few weeks. But, you know, when we think about it, yeah, we could say that it was tough living with a pregnant woman. Um, you know, they put a lot of burdens on us dads. You know, we had to go get Dairy Queens, and we had to go get stuff when they wanted stuff because of their urges and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we don't have a clue, dads, what mothers went through in nine months. We don't have a clue what they had to put up with, how their bodies changed, how their hormones raged within them, how they went through some serious, miraculous changes. And it is a miracle what happened in that womb. Absolutely a miracle what happened. And they went through it. So they have a connection with their children. Madison said it, that Jill would say, I gave you birth. You are flesh of my flesh. And that is so unique in the fact that that miracle that took place, that takes place. And, and in so many ways, that miracle of life happens with Jesus as well. Because that miracle of eternal life happens when Jesus died on the cross for us. And how he then created the same miraculous transaction that happens in our life that we then be, can become from moving from a physical to an eternal being because of the transaction that Jesus made on the cross for us. Now, we are eternal. And I know the politically incorrect thing to say is that not everybody here is going to go to heaven. The significance here is that that transaction that happened at the cross for us is something that we need to partake in and that we need to accept and we need to apply it in our life so that that transaction is meaningful to us. And we have to accept Jesus then, the sacrifice that he made, so that him as a life giver then is applied in our life and that he then gives us the bread of life. If we read in John chapter 6, verses 35 and then skipping to 38 and 40, it says, Jesus, Jesus replied, I am the bread that gives life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry no one who has faith in me will ever be thirsty. And then he says in 38, I didn't come from heaven to do what I want. I came to do what the Father wants me to do. He sent me, and he wants me to make certain that none of the ones he has given me will be lost. 
Instead, he wants me to raise them up to life on the last day. My Father wants everyone to, who sees the Son to have faith in him and to have eternal life. Then I will raise them to life on the last day. You know, verse 39 and 40, it almost describes it as a birthday. That Jesus is carrying us to full gestation. That, that he, is, he is, gave us life. But then he is with us and he's nurturing us and he's watching over us and he's doing all the things that a life giver does unto the point that he delivers us to the Father in heaven. It describes perfectly a mother's pregnancy in that, that from the moment of conception then she takes care of herself and she's careful to do everything that she can to protect herself so that then she can give birth to a healthy child. And Jesus, then, is also doing that for us. In fact, if you read in John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5 in the NIV version, um, this is talking about remaining in the vine. This is similar to a baby in the womb being connected to the mother. And as long as that baby is connected to the mother in the womb, the nourishment is then transferred from the mother to the baby. And as likewise, we need to stay connected into the vine of who Christ is. It says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, we will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we have to remain in Christ. Otherwise, we could miscarriage, so to speak, our eternal birth. We're connected to Christ through salvation. But then we need to stay connected to him through our period of life, through our period of, of maturation, through the period of gestation in our mother's womb. The baby must stay connected, must stay connected inside or, sh or that baby will die. We are likewise the same way. We must stay connected to the vine or we will die spiritually. And then we will have no heavenly birth. Do you see here how Jesus is a life giver? How he so much simulates and so how much parallels what happens in the mother's womb? And then the mothers also are nurturers. So mothers nurture. A mother's care doesn't end at child's birth. In fact, it's just beginning. Um, it never ends. Mothers give life through the birthing process, and it's just the beginning of feeding and caring and nurturing their young babies. And we, know how, we all know how it's supposed to work. In a perfect world, mothers are there all the time until that child is old enough to grow up to do things for itself, to take care of itself and to feed itself. Their job really never ends. Jesus, as well, is a nurturer of us. In John chapter 4, verses 10 it says, Jesus answered, you don't know what God wants to give you, and you don't know who is asking you for a drink. If you did, you would ask me for the water that gives life. And then go to verse 13 and 14. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again, but no one who drinks the water I give will ever be thirsty again. The water I give is like a flowing fountain that gives eternal life. Again, this shows that Jesus is a nurturer. He will provide for us living water that we will drink, that we will never want 
from that because he gives us living water and he produces for us eternal life from that. So as a mother is careful in her nurturing process to give her child food that gives proper nourishment. Now I know if you have, a, if, if Doug Way was the grandfather of your child, when he goes to their house, he gives them Snickers bars for breakfast. Whatever they want, right, Doug? Yeah. But you're the grandpa. And pop. Snickers bar and pop are breakfast at Doug, Doug's house for the grandkids, okay? But as mothers, you wouldn't feed your kids Snickers and pop. Amen. <laughs> That's not healthy for them, is it? Jesus also gives us spiritual nourishment that's good for us. See, we want candy bars and we want pop, but fortunately our mothers know that that's not good for us. That's not a nourishing diet. That's not going to give us the vitamins that we need to have to sustain us. Grandpas can spoil us for a bit, but a heavy diet or a constant diet of that would not be good for our bodies, would not be good for us. The same thing with Jesus. When he gives us spiritual food, when he gives us bread from heaven and he gives us living water, what is that? It's Bible teaching. It's prayer time. It's time fellowshipping with the other believers. It's helping the, the poor. It's helping those that aren't as, as well off as we are. It's, it's living a Christian life that God gives us nourishment in that that is good for our souls. It grows us into being mature Christian people that can make it into the heavenly birth that we're supposed to do in order to, and, and that, we're, that God has um, put in store for us. So the natural desires that we have in our flesh are just that, natural desires. But God knows some of the time those are not good for us. So as um, Madison was talking about a little bit, sometimes you have a conflict because the mother's saying no and the child is saying yes. Sometimes I'm saying, God, I want something. He's saying no. So I don't always get what I want, but I get what I need because he's the nurturer and he protects us. Mothers also educate. Maybe not so much in the generation that we live in today, but in, in generations past, when we were living in an agricultural society, quite often the fathers were in the fields and working and the mothers were home and they were the main educator. They were the ones that educated um, the kids for the most part. Today we send them to school, we let teachers do it, unless we homeschool. But education, Madison touched on it, is so important. Having a, a godly mother that gives godly instruction it prepares them, prepares children, to, when, they are all, when they are old enough to make their own decisions, to make good decisions. To make the decisions that would not just honor a mother, but would make good decisions that would protect the person, the child, from extra harm. Education is so important. Jesus was an educator. Jesus came and he educated all of us. He was a teacher. He spent most of his three years in ministry teaching people about his father and his earthly mission. Mark chapter 4, verses 33 and 34 says, Jesus used many other stories when he spoke to the people, and he taught them as much as they could understand. He did not tell them anything without using stories, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Can you imagine Jesus being a storyteller? 
Could you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his instructions, his words, his parables, his stories? Wouldn't that be awesome to sit at the feet of Jesus? Mothers are the closest things we have to that. Mothers tell their kids stories. Mothers tell their kids life lessons. Mothers tell their kids how to cook, how to prepare food, how to treat each other, how to treat siblings, eventually how to treat husbands. There's such a parallel there between what Jesus teaches and what mothers teach. It takes patience and a nurturing heart to teach kids and to teach people. Jesus must have been a very patient teacher. Mark chapter 10 First verse says, Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and was his custom, he taught them. Matthew chapter 9, 35 and 36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. He taught in their synagogues. He preached the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every illness and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt deep concern for them. They were beaten down and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And that shows us not only was he a teacher, but he was a protector. Mothers are protectors. Jesus is a protector. It's a natural thing for a mother's instinct to kick in when her child is being, what's the word? Threatened. It's a mother's instinct when she sees her child bullied, threatened, whatever, she'll rise up. If you want to get a mother upset, Mess with one of her kids. Mess with one of her kids. And you want to see the wrath of a mother? (laughs) There's a few mothers I don't want to get between there and their kids. Because mothers are mother bearers. That's an instinct, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing that they have such a protective nature for them. It's healthy. It's supposed to be that way. We just recently watched The Passion of the Christ And we saw in that movie the the passion of Mary that Mary had for Jesus. How many saw that movie, either then or other, other times previous? When you saw that, did you notice, could you put your place, if you were a mother, in Mary's position? And how it must, how difficult it must have been for Mary to watch that. Did you notice the one time when Jesus was carrying the cross and he was beaten to beyond, you could hardly recognize him, and he's carrying this heavy cross, and uh, he stumbles and he falls, and Mary happened to be in the spot where she could see him fall. Then it went into slow motion where Jesus is falling, and Mary's expression of that happening and seeing her son fall into the weight of that cross. And then immediately the flashback went where Jesus was a little boy of three or four years old. Remember, she nurtured that little boy. That was her baby. And it showed Jesus as a little boy running up some steps, as little kids lots of times do, and he tripped and he fell. And Mary's natural obligation or natural reaction was to go run to Jesus, the baby, and pick him up and dust dust him off. And then as we come back to the scene, Mary then snaps to and she catches herself running to Jesus. And she goes and she, she reaches down and she helps him at the cross. That's what mothers do. That's what mothers do. And that's what Jesus does for us. When I fall, because I will fall, like a mother that's protecting her child, Jesus isn't angry at me when I fell. Just like, Jesus, like, like Mary wasn't angry at baby Jesus when he fell going up the steps, but she ran to him to help him. That's the way Jesus runs to us. I make mistakes. I do things that I shouldn't do. 
Jesus is there. He's running to me to forgive me, to protect me, to watch over me. Luke 22, 31 and 32 says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And Jesus says, no, Peter, you're not going to be. Even in a time when Jesus knew Peter was going to fail, Jesus still wasn't mad at Peter. He still was protecting Peter because he was praying for you. I prayed for you, Simon, Peter, that your faith may not fail. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Many of us have a wrong impression of Jesus. Many of us think that Jesus is mad at us and that he's waiting for us to make a mistake so that he can correct us, he can spank us. That's not the Jesus of the Gospels. The Jesus of the Gospels is on our side. He's protecting us. He's going, he's going be, before us, and he's helping us in our, in our problems, and he's helping us when we fall. At the same time, and Madison said it again, recognize the love of the mother is so much, so strong, that she's not afraid to discipline, not afraid to say no. Mother's love. Jesus loves what better way to finish a Mother's Day message than to end it by talking about the love of a mother? We've all heard it said, only a mother could love him. We said it on the video. Or he has a face only a mother could love. <laughs> I know some of those people. He acts in a way only a mother could love. I've met some of those people too. and Maybe I've been one of them every once in a while. But there's something special about a mother's love. Mothers have the ability to love through the most difficult situation. A mother never stops loving her children. Does that mean that fathers don't? No, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that there's a difference. There's a difference between the mother's bond with a child and a father's bond. Remember, mothers are flesh of my flesh. She bore the child, and she has a special relationship with them as well. So a mother's love is unconditional. How many mothers have we seen to the, that have been there to the end with their children? That's just the way it is. But that doesn't mean that mothers are always in agreement with everything a child does. Love, unconditional love, does not mean condonement of everything you do. Kids, understand that. Mothers have the ability, they have the God-given right, and it's their, it's their responsibility to say no. But they still love you. Understand that they love you so much that when they do say no, it's, it's because they love you. Understand that. And Jesus is the same way. He loves us so much, he will not allow us to get into problems that are eternally damning if we would listen to him. If we would listen to him. If you would listen to your mother. If you would heed their instruction and understand what they're telling you is for your good. Not for your harm. It's for your good. And Jesus is the same way. Everything he does for us is for our good. So we have to have discipline. Discipline is a proof of love. It's showing us that he loves us and that we know that. So Jesus exhibits all of the same love attributes as mother. We could spend lots of time digging through the word of God that talks to us about God's love and about Jesus' love. But we don't have time to do that. There's many, many scriptures. But he gives us comfort in our troubles. Second Corinthians chapter 1, the 
verses 3 through 5, says, Give praise to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father who gives tender love. All comfort comes from Him. He comforts us in all our troubles. Now we can comfort others when they are in trouble. We ourselves, we ourselves have received comfort from God. We share the sufferings of Christ. We also share His comfort. And then, of course, the ultimate proof that Jesus loves us is in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and one son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The love of the Father, the love of Jesus, so much mirrors the love of the mother. The one question that's left unanswered today is this. Do I love him? See, what's interesting about this scripture here is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's a two-part action. Understand here, God's action was love he so loved the world jesus's action was he gave himself so many times things happen in a two-part equation in life it takes two things to happen to make one it takes two people to come together to be married a husband and a wife to be married it takes god the father loving us so much that he gives his son jesus god loved jesus did now, when that comes to us, our challenge then, our question is, Jesus loved, Jesus did. At any, part, in, in, in any time of that scenario, God could have stopped loving and Jesus could have stopped doing and we wouldn't have salvation at any given time. But they didn't. They loved us so much that they loved and they did. Now the question for us is, are we going to do our part in our part of the equation? A mother can love unconditional. Jesus can love unconditionally. But if I don't step into that, if I don't accept that, if I don't receive that, if I don't say yes to Jesus, then that love stops at the cross. It doesn't make it all the way to me. There has to be a two-part equation. I have to receive. You have to receive then that's what Mother's Day is about, receiving the love of the mother, receiving the love of Jesus. Have you received the love of Jesus? Have you received it? Are you fulfilling your part of the equation? As we conclude the message today, I want to do a couple things. First, I want to give everyone an opportunity here to make sure that they've received Jesus. What better way, what better Mother Day, Mother's Day gift could a mother give than to accept Jesus? Not just to herself, but to her family. Understand, mothers, what you do if you are a godly mother, if you're living a godly life, mothers, understand the significant impact that it has on your children. The teaching that you're doing by living a godly life. On the other hand, mothers, if you're not, understand what you're doing. Understand how you're impacting your children in a negative way because you are the most influential person in your children's life. Yeah, dads are there but they don't have the influence that a mother has. So mothers, I ask you this morning, have you accepted Jesus in your life? Are you walking with him? Are you asking him for your help, his help every day in your mothering of your children? Do you want to give your family the best gift you can on Mother's Day? The best gift you can give them is to accept Jesus. So if you would all bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. I know this is a very personal thing, but I want to give every mother an opportunity here 
to make sure that they have Jesus leading their life, that they have Jesus leading their home. So as we examine our hearts this morning, moms, how you doing? Are there areas that you can do better in? Are there areas that you can invite Jesus in? While all eyes are closed, if there's a mother here that wants to make sure, wants to receive Jesus in your heart, if you would just lift your hand up, I would be willing to pray for that and believe that Jesus will be there for you. I know that most of our mothers here are Christian mothers, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I would like to have, uh, if we could stand, I would like to invite all of our mothers um, that would, I'd like to invite them to come to the front. And I'd like to pray over all the mothers. So all the mothers that are here, would you come down to the front and make your way down to the front area? We'd like to pray for you. I'd like to have, as, as the mothers get here, I'd like to have then all the kids first, and then dads come behind the mothers. So mothers, come on in tight. Come on in as tight as you can. And I just want to take the next few minutes and just praying for moms. I know you have. You, I know you're under a lot of pressure. I know you're under a lot of stress. There's a lot of things, mothers, that you deal with that that we really don't have any idea. But I just want to make sure we celebrate Mother's Day and just I want to end it in prayer. And then we have a gift I'd like to give each mother on your way out, moms, as you. Uh, as you go through your day um, and your week, I would encourage you to make sure that you don't become isolated. I would encourage you to make sure you have friends. Make sure you have other godly women that you can call, that you can talk with, that you can spend time with. I'm always available to talk, but I'm not a woman. And what's not the same? We're not a modern family here. <laughs> but it's important, moms, that you guys stay connected. You know, um, th- we often think that it's just the men that don't connect. And we don't very well. But I'm not so sure moms do it all the time either. So it's really important that you get connected. Find a friend. Find somebody you can be accountable with. Find somebody you can pray with. Find somebody you can trust that you can share your concerns with. Let's pray. Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you in Jesus' name. What a great example you are to follow, Jesus, when it comes to knowing how to be parents and be mothers to our children. Because in so many ways, you are doing that to us. You are mothering us, preparing us to enter into our Father's presence, preparing us in our in our life on this earth where we think this 80 years is a long time and we struggle with the times that we have on earth. And in reality, all it is, it's a nine-month period of gestation. It's a nine-month pregnancy of you preparing us to come into the Heavenly Father's place. So, Lord, I pray for each mother here, and I pray that you would give them an extra anointing, an extra touch, Lord, I pray that you would just be with them mentally and emotionally. They have a lot of emotions. They have a lot of fears as their children get older. 
and move away to college and go to married and have babies and and just as especially the mothers too when their kids are young and, and all the stresses that puts on them so lord i pray that you would just give them a surrounding love and and just encompass them with a hug and an embrace and i just pray that you'd bless each mother here today bless each mother over and above I ask in Jesus' name.